0: Aren't you glad you're free because of the blood of Jesus Christ? Well, take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And we're going to read one verse and get right into the message this morning. Luke chapter 12, as soon as you find it, please stand to your feet if you would in honor of God's Word. We're going to... We're going to recite the, the uh, verse, read the verse together out loud in unison. And that's Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. Let's read it together. Luke 12, 15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we're thankful. This morning, for the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. No matter what they do to our freedom on the outside, they cannot touch for five seconds the freedom that we have. On the inside, those who have trusted Christ as Savior, been set free from our sins, been set free from the penalty of our sins because of the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ made for us on Calvary's cross. Lord, I, I pray this morning that you'd speak to our hearts. These, these, these days have, have been difficult. These days have not been, been easy for a lot of our folks. And uh, Lord, I, I pray that uh, you would help us to, to uh, see something that we need to be careful of. Uh, Lord, when, uh, when you tell us to beware of something, uh, we really need to perk up our ears and pay attention. There's not a one of us that are uh, exempt from the thing that we're going to address this morning and help us, Lord, to see that it's it, especially in times like this, it's real easy for us to slip. So, so guide and direct, speak to hearts, we pray, and as you speak to hearts, may our hearts be such. That we'd say, Lord, as you show me things that I need to take care of in my life, I'll take care of them immediately because I love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. All God's people said, "Amen." Amen. You may be seated. Again, Luke chapter twelve, verse fifteen. This Jesus speaking, and he said, "Take heed and beware." He's saying, "Listen, watch it, because there's 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 dangers ahead." He says, "Take heed and and beware." of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. What, what the Lord Jesus is doing here is, is He's He's warning us and telling us there's something we need to beware of because we are susceptible. And it, it's it's based, the thing that He's warning of is based on a falsehood. When a person uh, gets into covetousness, when a person falls prey to covetousness, it's because they have believed something that is erroneous, that's wrong, that's not correct. And that thing that they have believed is that your life is based on stuff, on how much stuff you have and what stuff you have. But the Bible says, and Jesus made it very, very clear. He said life does not consist of things that we have. It does not consist of how much, and it does not consist of of what those things are that we have. Um, The truth of the matter is there's wealthy people today that are in this world that would give everything up, give up all their wealth if they have what you and I as Christians have. When, when a person trusts Christ as Savior, just like the song said this morning, thank God I am free. You're not only free, but you've got joy because of Jesus Christ. You have personal peace because of Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. You, you have a, 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 a good relationship with God. You've got a relationship with God. Before a person trusts Christ as Savior, Jesus said, year of your father, the devil, and the lust of your fathers you will do. And so when we get saved, we switch families. That all by itself is is something to praise God for. Uh, uh, And if you're living for God, and if if many of you have good families and good relationships uh, with your families because of Jesus Christ, uh, there's rich people that would give everything they had just to have what you have. A wealthy person is a person that has peace, joy, has a relationship with their God, and has that freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Now, what, according to the Bible, what is covetousness? Well, take your Bibles and turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 gives us a definition of covetousness. And I'll be honest with you, the very first time I read it as a young Christian and saw what it said, I did not like what it said (laughs) because it called me something because of covetousness that had come into my life. By the way, can I just say this to you before I go any further? Covetousness is extremely dangerous. I mean, and you'll see, you'll see the, 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 uh, uh, the emphasis that God puts against it in the Scripture as we go through various Scriptures, but uh, it is an extremely dangerous attitude to have. And oftentimes, it's an attitude that nobody sees. Now, it can be, it can be seen, but it also can be hidden down deep in the heart. But whether it's seen or not seen, it can do tremendous destruction. Colossians chapter 3, look down in verse, verse 5. It says, Mortify therefore your members uh, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence. Now, all of those things are awful. We're talking about immoral, dirty, filthy people. An immoral, dirty filthiness. Look what he puts at the tail end of that whole thing. Uh, He says, says, uh, uh, and covetousness, which is idolatry. I'll tell you what, when I first read that, I just squirmed like a worm on a hot plate. Uh, I, I did not like that. Listen, God, I am not an idolater. If, you, if covetousness gets a hold of you and if there's any covetousness in your heart or mind, we are idolaters by definition. Uh, why is that? Because we serve what we desire. And if we desire something that God does not want us to desire or at this time God does not want us to have and that desire overtakes us, then we start serving that desire instead of serving God. And what it does any kind of covetousness, whether it be over things, whether it be over people, whether it be over circumstances, doesn't just have to be money, <laughs> not by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you, could, you could look at, at another individual and say, oh man, I covet their talent. Well, understand, God didn't give you the talent that they that he gave them for a reason. Maybe they can handle it and you can't, <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I've, I, my wife and I, uh, when, when we were coming up, you know, raising a family, we, one of the frustrations we had oftentimes was when we just start to save up a little bit of money. And we, you know, we were, we were, we were helping start a church and, and, uh, there were just a lot of circumstances and situations. We were, we were growing a family. We ended up with five kids total. And, uh, but but during that whole process, we'd we just start to save up a little bit of money, and boom, something would come along and just eat it up. And I don't mean eat part of it. I mean eat all of it. And, and I got frustrated. And uh, finally one day, and I don't remember if I said it to her or she said it to me or if we both came to the same conclusion together, but we said, you know what, maybe, maybe God doesn't want us to have a whole lot of money because he knows we really can't handle it very well. Uh, you, you know you know what that is? That's, that's, that's covetousness if we can't handle that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, those desires oftentimes get a hold of us and, and drive us. Covetousness is just simply a strong, inordinate desire to possess something you do not have. And again, it can be material things. It can be immaterial things. Uh, for instance, it could be money, obviously. It could also be friends. If you get jealous over the fact that somebody is friendly to somebody else you know, but they're not real friendly to you, that's covetousness, okay? It, it does fall into the, the category of jealousy and envy, but it's also covetous. I wish I had the kind of friendships they had. Health, health. Uh, you know, right now, you know we've, we've got a... A ton of folks in our church that have different conditions. And by the way, one of the reasons why I am being so protective when we reopen is not just so I can put a thumb on, folks. I I don't like it. In fact, uh, you know, again, I don't like the mask. But you know what? When I go into a store, I wear one. I hate it, but I wear one, okay? And I think you should, too. I think you should, too. If that's what the if that's what the sign says out on the door, now sometimes I wear it down like this around my neck. Uh, but I'm wearing it, okay, because I like to breathe. I'm kind of addicted to air, if you know what I mean. Uh, but <laughs> but, uh, but but my my point is, uh, you know, we we just we just need to be so careful. We we've got we got folks in our church that don't have the health that some of, some of you folks that are listening to my voice this morning have. You know it'd be real easy for me to do if I was in that position be real easy for me to get covetous and say boy, you know what I wish I had good health like so and so and and then you your your mind goes through a whole bunch of junk you know uh you know I'm trying to live for God and I don't think they're trying to live for God like I'm trying to live for God so why does god Boy, you start going down that road, and that's what covetousness, it just leads to sin after sin after sin that can pile up on us. Uh, You can be covetous of things, and it doesn't have to just be money. It can be things. Uh, It can be talents. We've already talked about that. It could be reputation. Someone's built up a reputation, and you've tried to and failed. You can be covetous of that. You can be covetous of privileges you know somebody somebody has a privilege that you think you deserve okay you can you can get covetous uh you can get covetous over family you can get covetous over marriages you can you know someone has a better marriage than you have you can have be covetous over abilities and circumstances you can be covetous over uh over security you know i'll tell you what our security's gone gone right down the right down the toilet is what it's done uh we don't have the security right now that we've had because of this coronavirus we don't have that safety that we're used to and uh it's real easy during these kind of times to get grumpy to get to get uh you know nerves on edge and some of that can be due to covetousness uh You don't. uh, You might get covetous of 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 another job. Now, there's nothing wrong with with desiring uh, to better yourself and all that kind of thing. I'm not talking about that, but when when those desires become inordinate and begin to control you, then you're into covetousness. Uh, You could have personal dreams that you are covetous of. Now, again, it's not wrong to have goals. That's fine. But but are you, con- you know what co- covetous is? It, 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 you know how you can tell whether or not you're covenant? You're, you're covenant. You're, you're, you're covetous, thank you. Covetous. You know how you can tell? Are you content right now with what you got? Are you content right now with where you are? Uh, I, I, you know, whatsoever state you're in, are you content? It 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 it's simply covetousness is just simply not being satisfied with something that you have or conditions that you have, and and it could only be one in one area. It doesn't have to be straight across the board, but the, it, there, it's just simply a lack of contentment. Take take your Bibles. This is an interesting thing. Take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter eighteen. Exodus chapter 18. Moses was in the wilderness with God's people, and he was being inundated with problems and difficulties. His father-in-law came along and made a suggestion, said, uh, listen, why don't you give some of your responsibilities to others? You take the big ones and give them the little ones. And uh, that way it'll take the load off you. Now, here's the problem I have with that the problem i have with that is god didn't tell him to do it his father-in-law told him to do it and uh, he had a face-to-face relationship with god if god wanted him to do that uh, he would have told him to do that but but there's something that's interesting in that whole narrative of that situation in exodus chapter 18 look down and by the way that whole thing did fail and i think i know i think i know one of the reasons why it failed uh Exodus, number one, because God wasn't in it, but there's another reason why it failed. Exodus chapter 18, look down at verse 21. And this is one of the, one of the guidelines that we're gonna use. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men. Okay, these are leaders. These are guys that can, that can handle things. Such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness. Hating covetousness not just disliking it, not just opposed to it, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. Now, if you know about the the, the the story of Israel in the wilderness, one of the biggest problems they had was not being content with what God had given them. And every time God supernaturally provided for them, they wanted more and more and more. One of the reasons why I don't think this whole plan worked was because the people were overall very, very covetous, but a good leader will hate covetousness. You know, to to me, there's a lot of things that puzzle me about modern day Christianity, and one of the things that puzzles me is why we don't put more of an emphasis on this in our churches why we don't put more of an emphasis on this in our families covetousness is a killer and people that are good leaders cannot be covetous Um, take your bibles and turn to psalm 10 and this one's a rough one this is going to take one of the phrases and sayings that you probably have have, uh, uh, spoken at one time or another and uh, absolutely destroy it. Psalm 10, and look with me in verse 3. And again, hey, I'm not saying this. God's saying this. He says in verse 3 of Psalm 10, For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire and blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. It says he abhors the covetous. It doesn't say he abhors covetousness. It says he abhors the covetous. You know what that is? That's a person. Have you ever ever heard somebody say, or maybe you've even said, I've said it. God God, uh, loves the sinner but hates the sin. Well, that's true. But God never hates the sinner. Mm -mm -mm. You better read your Bible. The Bible Bible says that uh, that, that, uh, uh, there are not only sins that God hates, but there are sins that we commit, and when we commit it, we fall into that category because He abhors those who are covetous. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the the chapter that's all about the Word of God except for a handful of verses. In Psalm 119, I want you to look with me down in verse 36. Psalm 119, verse 36. It says, incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. Covetousness steals our desire for the Word of God. It 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 steals our longing to get in the book and get what God would have for us. Um, I've I've noticed over the years, you see people that uh, used to be real thankful, used to be real grateful, uh, couldn't wait until our thanksgiving service just uh, our midweek service just before thanksgiving our our uh, praise and pies uh couldn't wait to get up and and just say all the things that are thankful for and then several years later that same person will just take the microphone pass it on to somebody else won't even say anything what's happened uh you know you see somebody who who uh, gets, is, is all excited about the things of God. They're excited about serving the Lord. And, and now they're running after the almighty buck. I, I, I've seen it. I've watched it. I've seen it over and over again. I've seen families where uh, parents have, because they've had it rough and because they, you know, they made some mistakes along the way, they put as a number one goal in front of their kids, you better get a good job, you better get a good education, you better take care of yourself. Now, I'm all for doing those things, but that's not number one. That's not number one. And and that covetousness will absolutely suck you dry of your desire for the Word of God and for the things of God, I've, I've, I've watched it. I've watched it not only in other people, quite frankly, folks, I've watched it in me. I was in a service, and I've probably given this illustration before. I was in a service out in Green Bay. I had bills like crazy. And and I don't, you know, the, the bills I had, it wasn't what, there was no car bill, there was no house bill, there, was, uh, there wa- wasn't anything that I had bought on time, none of that. It was all hospital, <laughs> hospital bills. And uh, it was all Jonathan's fault because he, he was born. But, uh, <laughs> but, but we, <laughs> and I'm saying that because I, I, I don't, I, I, anyway, <laughs> if, if he's watching right now, he's got a great big smile on his face. But anyway. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the point is, is that uh, I sat in a service and it was, it was in the church that I was associate pastor of out in Green Bay. And a guy got up and he spoke and he talked about his medical bills. And the preacher got up, took a big offering and gave him tons of money. You'd say, boy, praise the Lord for that. I wasn't praising God. I was mad. I was upset. They never did anything like that for me. (laughs) They didn't do anything like that for me in my life. Here we are sitting. I mean, I had a horrible, horrible, and I'm not telling you that because I'm proud of it. I'm ashamed of it. Finally, got the thing. In fact, in fact, it was it was that situation that caused me. uh, Part and part of this message really comes from that experience. Uh, I started to look in the Bible to see what the Bible said about covetousness, and it scared me to death <laughs> it just it scared me to death because I saw what God thought of covetousness and what he did to those who who uh, uh, got involved in it. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter eight we 've already kind of touched on this this concept, but uh Jeremiah 8 really reiterates it. Jeremiah chapter 8. And look with me down in verse 10. When you get there, and when I get there, Jeremiah chapter 8. Down in verse 10, it says, Therefore will I give their wives unto others, and their fields to them that shall inherit them. For everyone from the least even unto the greatest Is given to covetousness from the prophet even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. Now, of course, Jeremiah, he was a prophet that that was handed a mess. I mean, just an absolute mess. And he was very faithful with his message, but he was saying, Listen, all of Israel is given to covetousness, and it's no respecter of persons. And it is no respecter of persons. You know what that means? That means I don't care who you are, you're susceptible. And understand that. Nobody is exempt from covetousness. Now, how serious is it? Go with me to Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, Look at me beginning in verse 1, it says, Be ye therefore followers of God, as dear children, speaking to God's people. And walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness. Now those are, those are terrible sins. Fornication, all uncleanness, or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. You see what God said? He said, don't even one time be, be, let, let covetousness be a part of your character and part of your desires. Look down at verse 5. It says, for, for this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous, man who is an idolater kind of reiterates what it says in colossians hath any inheritance in the kingdom of christ and of god now that does not mean that a person who is covetous who is covetous has lost their salvation or was never saved in the first place it does not mean that at all take your bibles and turn to first corinthians chapter six And we see a sim- similar warning in 1 Corinthians 6, down in verse 10. says, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you see who, who he, what, what company he puts covetous people in with? He puts them in he puts them in with thieves and with drunkards and revilers and extortioners said so they shall not inherit the kingdom of God Now it does not say shall not inherit eternal life that's different but it does say shall not inherit the kingdom of God go with me to Romans 14 Romans chapter 14 And Romans chapter 14, look down at verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. In other words, it's not something material. It's not something physical. It's not something that you physically put into your body. But it is something from within. It says, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. When you and I are covetous, it robs us of of doing right and being right with God. It robs us from jo- of joy, and it robs us of peace on the inside. Those things cannot be attained when you and I are covetous. Now, what does God say? How should we, you know, we see somebody who's, who is covetous, who's struggling with it. What do we do? And again, this shows the seriousness of the thing. Go to First Corinthians 5. First Corinthians chapter five. First Corinthians five. First Corinthians five, look in verses ten and eleven. <clears throat> well let's go up to verse nine. It says I wrote unto you an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous or extortioners. Or with idolaters, for then must she, must she needs go out of the world. So it's saying he's saying, listen, I understand you got to deal with people that are into that in that stuff, out in business, and you work with them and all that kind of thing. If they're lost, but look at verse eleven. But now I have written unto you not to company, keep company, uh, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such and one know not to eat. In other words, don't fellowship with them. When was the last time you eliminated somebody from your list of fellowship, not from your prayer list, I hope, but from your list of you know, spending a lot of time, because they were covetous? It's not something we, it doesn't usually even enter our mind. And it doesn't enter our mind because it's not as serious to us as it is to God. I mean, this is a serious thing. It's a serious thing. It's it's an evil. Take Take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. We're going to be talking about something that's mentioned in here later tonight. But Mark chapter 7, this is Jesus speaking in verses 22 and 23. Uh, Let's see, go up to, go to verse 20. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, and again, look at the company it keeps, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. Um, Again, covetousness and an evil eye go hand in hand. That's just simply evil intents. It defiles from within. It's not something from without, You know, you say, well, the reason why I'm covetous is because of this circumstance. No, it's not. The reason why I'm covetous is because I saw such and such. Or someone treated me in a particular way, and I got covetous of a relationship or of a situation. No, that isn't what happened. It happened by your own accord on the inside. You chose it. You chose it. And it's nothing from the outside. It's something that, that begins on the inside. Now, what are the, what are the results? What, what happens when people get covetous? Take, take your Bibles and turn to Ezekiel chapter 33. Ezekiel chapter 33. Ezekiel 33, I want you to look with me in uh, in um, verses 31 and 32. Ezekiel 33, verses 31 and 32. Verse 31, And they come unto thee, as the people cometh, and they sit before thee, as my people, and they hear the words. Kind of sounds like coming to church, doesn't it? But they will not do them, for with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice, and can play well on an instrument, for they hear thy words, but they do them not it drives drives i've had this happen at times doesn't happen a lot but i've had it happen where i've preached a message and there someone comes up to me after the message who i know their life violates a whole bunch of points in the message and I'm i'm not you know i'm not sitting there critiquing them i just know them and they come up and they smile and they say, Pastor, that's just a great message. That was just so wonderful. I've never done it, but maybe I should someday just look and say, well, I'm glad it's wonderful to you. What are you going to do with it? That's what happens when covetousness gets a hold of us. And by the way, again, none of us are exempt from this. I mean, you could slip into this, into this, this mode so quickly and make your head spin. Uh, according to this passage, covetousness causes is a cause of disobedience. Because we're covetous, we don't even see how the word of God applies to us. Because we're we're covetous, uh, we're, we're, our minds are on earthly things, not on spiritual things. And boy, there's something about having a spiritual mindset. Having a spiritual mindset. And that's one of the things. With this, with this COVID-19, that that just it bothers me. I see people wrapped up in safety, yeah. wrapped up in no. Hey, I think you ought to be safe. I think you ought to. I think you have a responsibility if you're a mom or a dad to keep your family safe. But that's not your number one priority. And don't go nuts over it. And I see Christian people going nuts over it. Uh, that is not wise. That is not wise, and you know maybe what you're maybe you're coveting health. Uh, you know, desire it, fine, but uh, you know, and I and I said this right at the very beginning of this thing. We've got some we got some people in our church that uh, if if they got the COVID nineteen, I know of at least one person it would probably kill them. And I say that very seriously. Uh, I know others that it could do them irreparable damage. We've got several folks like that in our church. You know what? I'd rather, I'd rather I got it than they got it. And by the way, I'm in risk. I got three areas of risk: my age, my bad looks, my no, <laughs> my age, my my uh my age, my I've got uh, AFib. And I've got an autoimmune with, uh, it's like a rheumatoid arthritis, but it's not. It's almost. Uh, It's it's a a rheumatoid arthritis wannabe is what it is. Uh, But uh, uh, I would rather get it than have them get it. You say, how can you say? And I'm not saying that to to pat myself on the back. I don't want to see folks get that thing. Uh, Don't be so, you know... (laughs) And you know what I'm glad? I'm glad that we have the freedom that we have in America. You know why we have it? Because there are some people that were not covetous of their life. They weren't covetous of all the nice things that they left behind. And they were willing to lay their life down on the line for freedom and for others. And uh, covetousness uh, covetousness, will cause you to be disobedient. It'll cause you to be apathetic. And that's what these folks are. You know, they just sit there and smile and listen to the message, but they, they never respond to it. Uh, there's a lack of, of changed lives in a covetous person. Their, their, life, their life won't change. There's a lack of service uh, for God and lack of a heart for the things of God. It will change absolutely ruin you and it always starts small honestly if you know of even just a little tiny teeny area where you're covetous you better stomp that booger right away you better knock that thing out of the ballpark in your heart because it won't stay small it'll grow and grow and grow, and if you don't take care of it, it can ruin you. Take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews 13, and I'm done. Hebrews 13. Say, okay, preacher, you told me all about how terrible it is, so what do I do about it? You know, what is what is the cure for covetousness? Well, God gives it to us in one verse. Looking in um In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, it says, let your conversation be without covetousness, okay? And be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He basically gives two things that are necessary. Number one, be content with what you have. And be content with who you have you are and be content with where you are be 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 content that means be happy with it apostle paul said i've learned both how to be abased and how to abound now you know what i know has happened to a lot of people over the last 10 weeks 10 weeks ago there are people that were abounding that now 10 weeks later one false swoop are abased you don't believe that look at your 401k (laughs) Uh, it's it's dead in the water right now Uh, there's folks whose whose life savings is gone now not not due to any necessarily fault of their own it just happened okay what paul said was when i abound i'm content Eh, When I have it all taken away from me and I'm sitting rotten in a jail, I'm content. I think one of of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Philippians. Because all the way through Philippians, it is a book of joy. I mean, he's rejoicing in the Lord. You know where he is? He's he's sitting rotten in a jail. You know, and and I've heard uh, various descriptions of those jails. It's not like the Auburn Correctional Facility, okay? It's not like the, the Cayuga County Jail. Now, not that any of the, either of those two places are, are places I would, I would want to live for the next 15 years. But, but the point is, is that, uh, you know, he was in, he, there were times when he was, I've been told he was in uh, jails that were only about this tall. It was like a concrete box. And they put him in from the top. And he didn't even have room to stand up, and the, the food that they, that they fed to him basically was garbage and it was disgusting. You know what though? You don't get that when you read those books. <laughs> I, I mean, if you didn't know the history behind it, you really wouldn't have a clue. You really wouldn't. Why? Because he learned, when I've got it, when I've got lots, I'm content. When I don't have a lot and it's all taken away from me, I'm content. Let me ask you this. Ten weeks ago, are you as content today as you were ten weeks ago? One of the ways you can tell whether or not you are is are you doing more complaining now or less complaining now? That's what tells me whether or not I'm content. Because I, I am a chronic complainer, and I gotta, I gotta keep an eye on that constantly, consistently. And anytime I start complaining, you know what? I'm not content. I'm not content. So be content with what you have. Uh, be thankful. You know, you say, yeah, but the the car that I'm driving is a piece of junk. Yeah, but you're driving. you know, it's getting you from point A to point B, you know, we had a, there was, there was a while uh, that we, (laughs) we, we've had, we've had some really unusual cars over the years, and uh, one of them we had here, it was a black van, and when we got it, it had like 95,000 miles on it, it was in really good shape, but we, we beat the socks off of that thing with our family, and uh, just before we got rid of it, I mean, it had, it, it had, it had, it got bit by the The rust cancer bad. Uh, It was rusty all over. Uh, You know, the there was black smoke. uh, You know, black or gray smoke spewing out of the tail end of the thing. It was a mess. And uh, you know, somebody made a negative comment about it. I said, Hey, don't you talk bad about that that van? That van God gave me that van years ago. I've still got it today. It gets me from point A to point B, and, and I'm thankful for it. Be thankful for it. You know, we had, a, we had a car, we had a car one time, we had a station wagon. Go down the road and, and uh, it was really neat. The kids could look up and see the sights and then if they were sitting in the back seat, they could look down and they could see the road because there was a big hole in there and we made sure they were strapped in and strapped in tight. But uh, it wasn't a big hole, it was a hole. Uh, but uh, one of the times the kids were playing with something, and, and uh, uh, it was a, a little game. One of the game pieces fell down in the hole, and, uh, and uh, they said, "Dad, Dad I, I just I dropped the I dropped the, the the game piece. It fell on the floor." I said, "Well, pick it up." He says, "I can't. It's back there, <laughs> you know." And but but you know what? God provided those things. Uh, You know, and and, and be thankful for what you have. And then secondly, be thrilled with the fact that you're saved and you have the continual presence of God. Notice in that verse, uh, it says, "Let let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You might not have all that you'd like to have, You might not be in the position that you'd like to be right now. You might not have all the friends that that you'd like to have, but you have God, if you're saved, you have God with you every step of the way. He said he'd never leave you. He said he'd never forsake you. Right after I got saved, I, I, I heard a song, and I love the song. I don't love all the music with the song, but I love the words. And the words just simply say this, I've got Jesus. And that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. And you know what? If you've got Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that's enough. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, pray that you would help us to be honest before you this morning. And to search our own hearts and search our attitudes and kind of take a check on our complaining. Complaining of ourselves, complaining of the situation we're in, complaining about others. Are we content or are we covetous? Lord, covetousness, it would put COVID-19 to shame. The destruction it can do and I've seen it I've seen it destroy families I've seen it destroy churches I've seen it destroy in history I've seen it destroy nations I've seen it destroy individual lives and not just lost people Lord I've seen it happen to save folks and that ought not to happen because if we've got Jesus Christ that just all by itself the fact that you'd never leave us, you never forsake us. Uh, Lord, uh, we ought to be content. God, please bless this invitation. Work in hearts. There may be someone that's watching this broadcast this morning, and they don't know for sure today if they were to die, they'd go to heaven. Father, I pray that you would convict them of their sin. Help them to realize they're a sinner. And they're on their way to hell and they don't need to be. They just simply need to repent and to turn to Christ and trust you and you alone, nothing else, absolutely nothing else. But you alone for forgiveness of their sin, and you will save them. They just cry out to you for mercy. Lord, whatever the 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 needs are this morning, Father, speak to hearts, make it plain, and then God give us the strength to do that which you've obvious, made obvious to to us that we need to do. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you do in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.